and welcome to The Watcher's Diaries, a weekly podcast all about Buffy. I'm Mary. And I'm Froggy. And this week we're talking about Julie Kenner's How to Train Your Demon. Finally. Yes. <laughs> uh, the eighth and for the moment, last book in the Demon Hunting Soccer Mom series. Uh, let's see. So we're back from our hiatus. We, as you guys know, we went on holiday hiatus. So we hope everybody's holidays were good. We didn't even record on the hiatus. We did not. This is our first new episode. And I will be throwing something up on socials this week uh, asking, what did you guys think about like us putting up what we like to call back in the day replays? If you guys like that when we're on hiatus, if you want us to keep putting up like older episodes, if you just like when we're like quiet for like two weeks, like, <laughs> so you don't have God, they're not talking at me. So, <laughs> or, is, or is Mr. Froggy a week without Mary's book reports? A week without Mary's book report. Like, so whatever you guys, you know, what? I just, I'll take a little bit of a read on that. I liked, I liked having amends, especially since that's the only legit Christmas episode. Yeah, that was kind of my, uh, my thing behind that. I was like, well, it's Christmas week. Let's yeah. throw up the Christmas episode. And also, let's see, uh, Wolfpack premieres this month yes on paramount plus oh. uh, sarah seems very very excited about this she finally gets to be the giles so everybody you know be watching for that i am so ridiculously excited for more teen wolf i bet you so okay i can't figure out if this is actually like a direct sequel to teen wolf or people are saying it's like the same vibe but it's actually completely separate i don't know but all i know is my baby Peter is coming back, my crazy wolf, and Argent is back. That's going to be so exciting. Look, all I want is some sort of confirmation that the two of those were fucking in the past. Because it's, it's a whole Ethan Giles vibe. It is a very Ethan Giles two. vibe. It is. And like, I will always think of, there's one scene in the original series where they are down in a tunnel and, I mean... Peter stabs him through with some rebar and then he does the whole back of the neck cradle foreheads touching thing. Yes, I remember that scene. Like, you cannot tell me. Like, that movement is too intimate to be anything else. That's true. I'm putting my tin hat back on. All right, and since it's book club week, I do have two recommendations for you all. Uh, One is a brand new author, brand new series, um, Kira James. I've read her novella and her first book. I have three more books on deck to read. Paranormal romance, little bit spicy, but there's like supernatural politics. There's like shadowy government agencies. There's like a murder mystery thread going through it. It's like super cool. I love it. I think you guys should all check out her books. I think the novella is Crave Me Roughly. Either the novella or the first book is called Crave Me Roughly. But if you look up Kira James on Amazon, I think all the books are on Kindle Unlimited. So go check her out. And the other is following the vampire vein, Reluctant Immortals. I just read that over the weekend. Um, Lucy from Dracula, Bertha Mason from Jane Eyre, bopping around San Francisco in the 1970s and taking control of their story back. Amazing. Amazing. I read it in like two sittings. And that's only because I started it at like 10 o'clock at night. (laughs) Yeah, I have no book recommendations right now. My brain cannot handle cannot handle books. Uh, January is like I like we said in the past I have two modes January is my like I do nothing but read mode that's kind of like January and February and then I start to like space it out a bit more yeah right now right now my brain is in planning to go to Disney World mode (laughs) 
Yes. So that's that's coming. That's end of June. And but everybody, I've already apologized to everybody in my family for the person that I'm going to be for the next six months. I understand the person that you're going to be. I know. And you're probably going to help me with be that. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited to use my skills. Yes. Your your travel agent skills. Okay. Anyway, let's talk about this book. Yes. We just haven't talked to each other for. We haven't. We haven't. Silly holidays. I know. All right. How to Train Your Demon, obviously, written by Julie Kenner, published July of 2022. So mm-hmm. brand new book. We are we are really we are really up to date with this one. Our synopsis is if you want something done, ask a busy person. <laughs> Kate Connor could kill whoever said that first. As if the full-time mom, part-time demon hunter didn't have enough to do, she's now been given a third job as headmistress at a special academy for up-and-coming slayers. Kate's first charge, her own teenage daughter, Allie, who thanks to her unique heritage, has more power than either she or Kate understands. And definitely more than either of them knows how to use. But they'll have to figure it out fast when dark forces descend on the school. Seriously, can Kate just catch a break already? No. No. The answer is definitely no. No. I always say if you want something done right, do it wrong around a Capricorn and they'll do it for you. I wonder if Kate's a Capricorn. Oh. Because it's never been stated when her birthday is. Yeah. Let me tell you. Julie, if you're listening, when's Kate's birthday? (laughs) What are we, what is, what is Kate's sign? We need to know. We pick up three months after the events of the last book. Stuart's in the hospital, comatose, and Kate. Kate is newly promoted and terrified. (laughs) Uh, both of losing Stuart and of completely fucking up her new school, Forza West. And its students, Allie, obviously, and five other teens currently heading their way. Sitting with Stuart, she tells him of these fears, of how she needs him, of how Allie, at the mention of Allie, something happens. Stuart squeezes Kate's hand so hard it's painful, and with his eyes rolled back, begins to speak. Allie, they have to be careful. Allie isn't. And that's when Allie, with her newly dyed pink hair, (laughs) runs in along with Eric. Yay. Eric apparently ready for a fight. But there's no demon, just the fact that Stuart spoke. Saying he'll get a doctor, Eric heads back out again and Allie looks at her mom. Stuart, he was talking about her. Does he mean she needs to be careful or that people need to be careful of her? Kate assures Allie once again that she is not evil. (laughs) She is good. They know that. Not any more evil than any teenage girl. This is true. This is true. Only they don't. That that the Kate is going to tell the kid that because nope. But oh. Allie is the first of her kind and none of them really know what that means. Eric returns, doctor in tow. And though Kate and Allie both tell the doctor that something happened, that he spoke, the doctor doesn't believe them. Of course not. Chalks it all up to them wanting to believe he spoke. The readouts show nothing has changed. As the doctor turns to leave, they remind Kate that a decision has to be made, that maybe it's time to think palliative care. With a nod, Kate says she'll let them know by that weekend. Not that she really wants to think about it. She lost Eric once, and now it looks like she might lose Stuart. Allie retreats to Eric's arms, and he gives Kate a look. Kate would also like to run to his arms, but she can't. If she does, she might never be able to push him away again. <laughs> Allie wants to know what Kate <laughs> yes. Are you thinking about what happens later? <laughs> in the book? Yes, yes, I'm thinking about what happens later. I'm so excited to get to that part. Like, <laughs> why is there so much plot here? No, I know. There's 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 so much plot. There's so much happens before we get there. 
Allie wants to know why Kate didn't argue with the doctor more. Because this isn't a medical thing. This is a demon thing. Back at the house, Kate has gathered the whole team. Eric, Allie, Timmy, Laura, Mindy, Cutter, Eddie, Eliza, and Jared. I love this whole, I love this whole team. It seems like Jared is here to stay. At least for now. She updates them on what happened at the hospital, doing her best to answer everyone's questions and to keep Timmy calm as Timmy, you know, rightfully so, just wants to know when daddy's coming home. Poor Timmy. She mentions how Stuart spoke and Allie adds that when he spoke, it was about her. A warning. It kind of makes her freak out, understandably, wondering if maybe Lilith did get inside her. Jared assures her that Lilith isn't in her and that she is not evil. (laughs) He understands her being scared. She and her dad, they're different. But they're good. He knows it. And he knows that deep down, she knows it. Cutter wants to know if there's a chance that Lilith might be in Stuart. No, Eric's certain she's not. For one, a normal human cannot contain a high demon. And two, they've been all but drowning Stuart in holy waters. (laughs) I just like the like image of that. Like every time someone goes to visit Stuart, they're like spritz, spritz. Yeah. Spritz, spritz. And also like, I'm also imagining... One of those t- little, you know, like the little basins that they use in the hospital just filled with holy water. And that's what Kate is using to, like, wipe him down every so often. Exactly. So I, he's just, getting, I love this image. He's getting, he's getting holy water sponge baths. People are all like, what are we, we, we bathed him. No, no, this is, uh, this is my husband. I, I need to do this, this myself. I just need to keep busy. I need to make sure. Pulling out the vials of holy water and dumping it in. <laughs> I love it. Spritz, 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 spritz. Like he's a fern. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta keep your ferns hydrated. There's been no reaction, which is good because the demon inside her husband, well, second husband, is not a thought she wants to even begin to entertain. Poor, poor Kate. Like one husband had a demon in him and now the other husband you're thinking may have a demon. Like Kate, you can't catch a break. No. Like Kate. Kate needs a vacation. She really does. A vacation away from Stuart, too. Yes. Like private island. Just yes. Kate and her like pita colada. And Laura. And Laura. Laura could come too. Yes, yes. It needs to be a besties vacation. So if he's still out of it, then how did he speak? And what does this mean for his long-term care? Allie explains how her mom said it was a demon thing, though she's not sure what that means. Mindy does, and she's more than ready to show off her newfound knowledge. Going through a ritual like that, it could have left Stuart touched by otherworldly forces. Changed. She said it happened to some saint. Mindy is actually kind of adorable during this whole thing, uh-huh. like raising her hand to get everyone's attention. And and Kate says she's starting to kind of get a vision about like how things are going to be at the school. Mm-hmm. Also, somewhere in this conversation about killing, they mentioned demon pieces, like how bits of a demon can be in someone. And just, like, is Lilith Voldemort? <laughs> D- does she have no nose? I just like, I, now I just like, of course, I started like, at this part, I started imagining all the like TikToks that were going around of people doing like the Voldemort impressions uh-huh. and then being like the whole like Kate Connor, the hunter who lived. Come to die. Yeah, we need to. We mean need to make a list of questions for Julie. Yeah, I'm just like yeah, put the uh, okay, love. <laughs> kind of like when I break into Marnie's house. Yes. Whew. Anyway, about Stuart's care. After some discussion, it's decided that they should just put him in one of the rooms at the school. There's going to be medical staff on site, and he was hurt saving the world from a high demon. The least Forza can do is foot the bill. 
Kate's not so sure. They're already paying for so much. Eric is, though. He says if Kate doesn't want to ask Father, he will. I like that. Like, I like like that Eric, like, Kate feels really weird about it. But I like the fact that Eric is stepping in like, no, I I will do it if you don't want to do it. Like, because especially with the way things have been for these two in the past, the fact that Eric is like, no, this needs to be done for him. Exactly. Eric's a good guy. He is a good guy. And they did like they were reaching, you know, a, an agreement. An agreement. Sorts. Like they were they were starting to work toward an understanding that they're both in Kate's life. Eric is Allie's dad. They have to compromise and work together and not be men about it all. Yeah, don't be men. With their menness. I know. God, just yeah. <laughs> no, no, it, it's her husband. She'll call. But first, in all this discussion of the school and moving to the school, we learn Kate, Allie, Eliza, Timmy, Jared, and Mindy will be moving (laughs) to the mansion. Eric is going to rent Kate's house, so there's that. Allie has some place to go to be with her dad, and Eddie can remain living there, too. And I'm sorry, where is my sitcom about Eric and Eddie being roommates? Oh, my God. That, there needs to be some sort of short story. Right? Especially since the main reason Eddie didn't want to move is his lady love Rita. Yeah, like he's, he's, he's staying at the house and he has his lady, but then Eric is also there. So like, I'm imagining poor Eric, like walking, like the the two, like the, the two, you know, they're naked and Eric walks into a room on them. Like we talked about, we talked about this, Eddie. I need hijinks. I know. We also learned that Cutter is moving in with Laura. And they will be staying in Laura's house. Yay. But both will be up at the school during the day as Cutter will be helping with the physical training, along with Jared, who is going to be both a student and a teacher teaching (laughs) a class on supernaturals. I legit squealed when I read the part about the movie did together because I just I need Laura and Cutter to look out. I know. We've we've been we've been saying that since before they actually got together. I love them together. Yeah, yeah. And she needs she needs somebody good because fuck Paul. Kate goes to call father and finds out that father is actually calling her. There was an attack and two of her students are dead. <sighs> Eric is beside Kate instantly as the news made her go weak in the knees. The kids weren't even there yet and she already feels like she failed. What happened? Father explains there was an attack in Nashville. They had planned for the five students who would be coming to meet there with Marcus and some other Forza representatives. Explain in more depth what they were about to undertake. Give any who wanted the opportunity to back out and make sure the group melded. Well, it turns out that one member of the group, Jessica, scouted in New York by Father Donnelly. Good job, Father Donnelly. Father Donnelly ruins the party again. Turned out to be a demon. Whether she died before Nashville or in Nashville, no one knows. But during a stop in Tulsa, she made her move. Marcus had been called to deal with an emergency. And so they were with an archbishop who didn't know the truth. Jessica killed him and seriously injured another girl, Danny. She died before the ambulance got there. Maybe they shouldn't have put people who don't know what's going on. Yeah. That that bugged me. Like an archbishop that didn't know what's didn't know the truth. Like if you have these kids that are going to be trained by Forza, everybody that is around these children need to know about need Forza. To know. Yeah. It, like yeah, it, it it, that I mean, I know it was one of those plot things and, you know, I'm more yeah, mad. I'm mad at the end world people. Yeah. Like Kate didn't yeah. fail these kids on that front. No. Forza failed these kids on that. Front. Oh, Forza. Love hate relationship with Forza. 
No, we're going to blame Father Donnelly. We're going to, yeah, everything is Father Donnelly's fault. It's, it's all Father Donnelly. I stubbed my toe this morning. It's Father Donnelly's fault. Damn straight. Thankfully, another in the group, Bruce, stabbed Jessica in the eye with a pet. Kate thinks Bruce just might be on his way to being star people. Eric thinks they should go out to Tulsa and meet the kids, escort them back. They shouldn't be without a hunter. Right? <laughs> Eric again! Bringing gold stars for Eric. Yes. All, all, always. Eric is the star pupil. Father assures them that Marcus is on his way back to them, that he will see them to L.A., and that in L.A. they will meet up with Father Donnelly, who will come back with them to San Diablo. Marcus, they were expecting, he too was coming to teach at the school. But why Father Donnelly? Kate still doesn't trust him, doesn't want him involved. He is responsible for what happened to Eric, to Allie, and thanks to what she found in a box of documents Eliza sent, he might also be a relative. Kate doesn't want to think about it, or him. Something that may be a little difficult, as Father Corletti reveals that Father Donnelly is taking over the San Diablo Parish. Dun, dun, dun. Don't like to see it. Nope. Not, don't love this for him. No, don't love this for anybody. We're still sad over Father Ewan McGregor. Oh, I miss Father Ben. I know. <sighs> Why can't Father Corletti just come be in charge of the parish? <sighs> I know it's because he's too important. He's too still. important and probably too old. And Father Donnelly's probably like a million years old. Stupid what? Father Donnelly. I know. We go to a few days later, Kate hanging around, getting Stuart's room ready, and then waiting for the new students to arrive and chasing around Timmy, who is having the time of his life riding his tricycle all through the halls. I'm a ima- man. I, mean, I was a- I was imagining like in The Shining. Well, yeah, because Laura arrives and says what we're all oh, yeah. thinking. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> when she says Timmy's pedaling about reminds her of The, the Shining. Shining. Because I forgot, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like you, that was the first thing that came to my mind. Yeah. And also like it's this creepy house that was used for the occult. Yeah. Kate asks where the girls are, and Laura says Allie and Eliza are training, and Mindy is in the tech center. She thinks she's trying to see if she can find anything about Celia, Jared's sister's whereabouts. But given what little he saw in his vision, there's not a ton to go on. Kate loves that the girls want to help Jared. He is a hero, after all, and Allie really seems to like him, as they're, you know, they're dating. But Kate and Laura have their concerns. Celia was only 10 when she was turned, and children made vampires... They tend to have a bit of stunted maturity. Then there's the years of torture and the fact that Lilith's people were most certainly feeding her human blood, feeding the addiction. So even if they did find her, what state would she be in? And how safe would it be to have her around the other students? This talk of Jared leads to other concerns, like the age difference between him and Allie, and the fact he'll age and she won't. I thank you. Thank you, Kate. Thank yes. you, Kate. Yes, it's it's so like we we I mean, and we're guilty of this. Like we love paranormal romances and everything. And you just don't stop to think about how weird it is. Yeah. But also going back to going back to how old Celia is, you know, she's yeah. 10 years old. It makes me think about like my kid is 10 right now. He's almost 11. So like him being stuck at that age well, I mean, he does contemplate his own mortality. Oh, in my God. Oh, my God. Speaking of stubbing toes, yesterday he was running through the hall and stubbed his toe, being an idiot, and he dropped himself down to the floor. And I'm just hearing his voice from the living room going, it's moments like this that make me contemplate my own mortality. <laughs> I'm telling you. Like, 
if we were cra- like we're cracking up like oh my god it's just just so calmly laying there and then of course last night my nephew like throws himself on the floor and then tries to tell me the dog tripped him <laughs> and i'm like jesus christ if we ever put like your son and my nephew in the same room oh it would my be, god like, uh, uh, just a thing to see who was the most dramatic yeah well we we, we do we do want to make some plans to with the two of them yeah hang out yeah, we, we might be in for... It's going to be a drama It's going to be a drama it's gonna, it's it's gonna be amazing. It's going to be a day. It's going to be a day. <laughs> this whole thing gives Kate an opportunity to bring up Highlander again and suggest she and Laura watch it. It's been forever since they last saw it. Hey, doesn't Stuart think it's cringy? Laura says maybe if they watch it in his room, he'll wake up. <laughs> Kate has some Timmy videos of Timmy's that will work even better if that's the strategy they're going for. Yeah, see, I, I felt like I felt that deep in my bones. Like... If my husband was in a coma, I would choose one of the most cringy movies that I could. And hey, Stuart needs better taste. Yeah, he does. Because there's nothing cringy about Highlander. I mean, there is, but that's the joy of it. Oh, fair. Okay. That, I mean, no matter how many times I watch. I mean, Christopher Lambert's first English language film, like, he was still pretty much speaking French at that point. (laughs) I always forget he's French. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it's just his accent is so all over the place, but it's delightful. And the whole the whole Queen album from that movie. OK, but it's a Queen album and Princess of the Universe is like my, my like top 10 favorite songs. It is such a good song. Yeah. Yeah, like that whole, like the whole kind of magic album. Yeah, no, that is, album is fantastic. And it's it's one of those it's one of those soundtracks that stands on its own because it's such a good Queen album. Like, yeah. guess people don't know that it ca- that it came from a Highlander movie. Like, oh, now we need to watch it next time we're together. Yes, we do. Timmy, Kate suddenly notices how quiet it's gotten. Where's Timmy? As the house and grounds are kind of huge. We get a bit of description of that in this chapter, and I want the library so, so I, bad. I want this entire house. Like, we have that I, too. I, oh, my God. Kate and Laura agree to split up. Whoever finds Timmy first will text the other. As Kate is wandering about, calling for Timmy and convincing herself that he's fine and perfectly safe, Rita is calling for Kate. Hoping that means she found Timmy and not a dead body. <laughs> Kate heads towards Stuart's room in the room she and Timmy will be occupying. What she finds is Rita and her cousin, Nancy. See, I knew the mention of Rita's family in the last book was going to pan out. Mm -hmm. Rita introduces them. And at first, Kate is a little standoffish. One, because new person and new people often mean demon. And two, because she's still trying to find Timmy. Rita tells her to look in Stuart's room because Timmy is there sitting on the end of the bed along with Boo Bear. Relieved, Kate turns her full attention to Rita and Nancy. Nancy, it turns out, is a retired nurse. Hearing that, a small part of Kate wants to hire Nancy on the spot, but she still needs to be certain. She suggests they all go into Stuart's room, and feigning the need to make a call, she dabs some holy water on her fingers, so that when she enters the room and, oops, trips and grabs onto Nancy, she can test to see if she's a demon. It's apparently the same trick Eddie used upon meeting her, and she says <laughs> having tripped earlier when he joins them. There's no sizzle, and Kate starts to relax. She tells Nancy that it would be a 24-hour position, and that while there is medical staff on site, she would do more of the day-to-day stuff, exercising his muscles, changing the IV bags, etc. It doesn't pay much, but if she's interested, they can even find someone to alternate with her if she wanted nights off, 
or to stay in her own home. Nancy says staying on site is fine. Her husband's gone and being around the school means she'll get to see more of Rita, as she supposes Rita will also be around. <laughs> it's a statement that causes both Rita and Eddie to turn a little pink, and Kate hopes she and Stuart are as flirty at that age, provided Stuart makes it to that age. At this part, I started to feel a little guilty because I realized that I was I was okay if Stuart just never was. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm done with Stuart. Team Eric, woo! And then I was like, oh, now I feel guilty. Yeah, yeah, because you do feel guilty because we've made it very clear about our feelings for Eric and our feelings sometimes for Stuart. But again, going from Kate's point of view, she still loves Stuart. See, we're, we're looking at this from... We're friends of Kate's point of view. Yeah, like, like come on, like beat his ass. Like we, you know, he sucks, but we understand that you love him, and he's really not a terrible human being. <laughs> Nancy tells Kate not to lose hope that in her time as a nurse, she has seen many miraculous breakthroughs. Yeah, Kate's pretty sure she's talking about demons, <laughs> which is another reason Kate wants Stuart on site. If the worst were to happen, she is not risking a demon sneaking in. Kate thanks her and Nancy and then begins asking about the school, how she hears it. Oh, okay. (laughs) Kate thanks her and Nancy then begins asking about the school, how she hears it's unique. There's a few things she says that make Kate glance to Eddie, but each time his expression confirms he hasn't said anything as he doesn't feel that's his call to make. Kate explains that while there will be a regular academic curriculum, that the students will also be trained in competitive combat techniques, some with the hopes of going on to the Olympics and others wanting to work in Hollywood. It's a cover student story that Kate made up on the fly, but hey, it works. Mm-hmm. Nancy thinks it's good the school provides the kids with a physical outlet because when all when it's all books, 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 it very soon turns to sex, sex, sex. <laughs> well then. <laughs> Eric joins the group around then and Eddie offers Nancy and Rita a tour. Left alone with her two husbands, Kate talks to Stuart once more, begging him to say something. Eric says he just doesn't want to talk in front of him. Bill posturing and all. <laughs> Kate wants to know if they can really do this. All of this. Find out what's wrong with Stuart and run an entire school. We get our first Katiekins of the mm. novel as Eric assures her they can. They're the best. We're back then and still are today. Yeah, but what if what made them the best is Eric and what he is? What Allie is now? That might be, but only time will tell. Kate wonders when their life got so complicated. They're hunters. Their lives have always been complicated. Speaking of, has he asked Eliza about the Donnelly name? No. Kate thinks a small part of her doesn't want to know. She's always associated Father Donnelly with being on the wrong side of things. And now, going to Eric, she allows herself to take comfort in his arms. As Nancy and the others return from their tour, Kate gets a text that says Marcus is 15 minutes out in the van with all the students. And so Kate lets Stuart know what's going on, even though he can't respond, and tells Nancy to let her know, via text, if anything comes up. Then she's off to the front hall to wait for the others. Well, once she finds Allie. Because when she gets downstairs, she finds only Eliza and Mindy waiting, which means Allie is elsewhere. AKA with Jared. Her search leads her to the outside patio, only she doesn't go all the way out, just lingers by the door listening. It seems Allie's been holding back in her training, afraid to show her full power, at least at first. She wants to get to know the others first, have them like her before she shows off what a freak she is. Jared reminds her she's not a freak and that she can't hold back. 
Because if she holds back in training, then she won't be fully prepared in the field. Besides, these new students, they're going to be part of their team and they need to not have secrets on the team. Trust is going to be vital. And so Allie asks if Jared's going to tell them about what he is. And he says, yeah, because trust. And Kate told him he had to. (laughs) Yeah, your mom. Yeah, your mom told me. And if he's going to be teaching about supernaturals, Allie says that at least vampires are familiar to most people. Thanks to Hollywood. They got a lot of stuff wrong, but still. (laughs) The scene with Allie and Jared is just... Getting to really like the two of them as a team and as a couple. Yeah, and how he is very cognizant of Allie being, you know, she's mostly mortal. We don't know. We don't know enough about the whole demonic thing yet to really. But yeah, he he's very he's very considerate. He is, and he's always been like from from the very beginning of meeting him. You always get the sense of him making sure that people know that. He knows what he is. He knows what everybody else is. And he doesn't want, I don't want to cause, I don't want to be a problem. I know. I just, I just really hope these two aren't headed for heartbreak because I I do really like them. They also in this scene talk about Jared's sister some more and his attempt to find her, how he's been looking into all the crystal caves in the area, but came up short. He thinks it may just be a room somewhere. And if Lilith and her people have killed the owner... She could be anywhere. Kate does eventually slip away, letting them finish their conversation in private and heads back to the main hall just about the time Marcus announces they're there. The housekeeping staff starts gathering the kids' luggage to take to their rooms and Kate stands on the stairs watching as her, now three, new students file in. Anna, a 14-year-old who was scouted when she fought out the Hellhound. Ren, a 15-year-old Chinese-American boy whose parents were killed by demons when he was six. And Bruce, tall, blonde, and looking every bit the fighter the scouts described him as. So while Kate's not worried about his abilities, she is worried about whether he will play well with others. Allie and Jared just miss being there, sliding in at the last moment. Allie falling into line beside Anna and Jared going to join the other instructors. Kate, not loving their lateness. Nope. She was about to send Eddie after them. (laughs) Bruce immediately shows why Kate was concerned when he scoffs at the idea of Eddie, at his age, having anything to offer. Oh, Eddie invites him to try and take him. And for his smugness, Bruce gets tasered. (laughs) Eddie reminds the kids that even demons have access to technology. (laughs) And Kate tells them that Eddie's been around a long time. Yeah, don't fuck with Eddie. I just like that he's like, what? Then tasers the kid. Good job, Eddie. (laughs) Good job. Yeah, yeah. Kate introduces the staff so far. Her, Eric, Eddie, Cutter, Laura, and Jared. Jared being described as the kid's research guru, which I love. (laughs) When Jared states he's a vampire, the kids are fascinated. And I did notice we got a little shout out to the Buffyverse vamps. Yep. As Jared mentions the whole you die and a demon takes up shop thing to be incorrect. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love it. I love it. Thank you, Julie. Perfect shout out. Love it. To the Buffyverse. Love it. There's no demon inside him. Only the teeniest, tiniest bit of essence. After the staff is done, Mindy, Eliza, and Allie all introduce themselves, and we find out the kids have heard about Eric's situation, about Eric, and about Allie. They both know who Eric was in life and how he returned following his death. They know Allie closed the gates to hell, or at least Bruce does, says that the hunter that recruited him told him, Weird, because while what happened to Eric had gotten around Forza, Father Coletti assured them that the stuff with Allie was being kept quiet. Mm. 
Derek asks who the hunter was, and once given the name, says, he's dead. What? Bruce is shocked and says he's in, like a thousand percent in. He wants to join the fight, as do Anna and Ren. Kate says tonight is the last night they have to change their mind. Tomorrow their education starts. It will be light this semester, given the small number of them, but as the student grows, so will the expectations. She starts to send them off with Laura so they can take a tour. A tour which will end in the dorms where binders of information will be waiting. And then after they're settled, there will be pizza and a movie in the theater. <laughs> they never make it on the tour when Kate, as when Kate goes to sign an invoice for one of the furniture guys who had been delivering the kids' desks, he reveals himself to be a demon, saying <laughs> something about how they won't allow their ranks to increase. She dodges his attack and shoves a finger through his eye, taking him out. Simple. Only the moment she does that... The rest of the furniture crew follows sweet. (laughs) All of them looking for blood. What happens next is just epic. It is a truly epic fight scene. (laughs) Kate, Eric, Eliza, Mindy, Cutter, Eddie, Jared, and especially Allie Mm -hmm. all work together to defeat the demon horde, keep the new students safe, and prevent the demons from reaching Stuart because it definitely seems like they're trying to reach Stuart. I love everything about the choreography of this scene. Mm -hmm. the weapon throwing, Mindy using her coat as a flail, and Allie showing her teammates exactly what she can do. Of course, this leaves them with a pile of bodies that they need to dispose of. Something Anna asks about and Kate assures her she does not want to know. <laughs> At least not before dinner. No. No, don't ask. Don't ask Eric his methods. They send the kids off to their dorms, promising to text them when food is ready. As they head off, the adults take a moment to powwow, talking about how the students handled themselves. Bruce could be an asset, provided he tones down the arrogance, and Allie, well, she was a wonder. Completely amazing. Only, did anyone notice the demons weren't attacking her? Eric noticed. He hoped he was wrong, but he noticed. Question is, did Allie notice? No. Question is, why? Yeah. <laughs> why were they leaving her alone? It couldn't be because they were scared of her. No, they they want her alive for something. But what? Kate is just, it's never going to end, is it? Something's always going to come for Allie. She's always going to be different. Be talked about. Eric tells her there is one good thing. Yeah, Father Donnelly. He's in town, but decided against coming by. That, that would be a good, that's a good idea. That is good. I just like that Eric's like, good news. He's not coming. <laughs> we needed some good news tonight. They did. The next morning, Kate faces her biggest challenge yet, breakfast. (laughs) She attempts eggs, fried and scrambled, which quickly leads to her calling Laura for help. Alas, the eggs are beyond help. (laughs) And so they land on cereal. Everybody likes cereal, right? Calling the kids down, they go to check on Mindy and Allie, who had an early morning training session with Cutter and Marcus. As they walk, they talk about the night before and how Kate is sure Laura had a sleepless night with Mindy out of the house. (laughs) Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Mm Mm-hmm. Laura admits she did, but it wasn't all because of fun stuff. What happened last night, it was scary. The demons just walked right in. They invited them in. Kate knows. She and Eric spent a good part of the night talking about it, trying to figure out a solution. She's not going to pull Mindy out, is she? No. She thought about it. About pulling her out, sending her back to Coronado, moving. (laughs) But Laura realizes that now that she knows the truth, there's no going back. She can't unknow all she knows. Kate gets it. She does. And so she lets Laura talk it out. I do 
love how Laura, despite no now knowing all these scary things exist in the world, still thanks Kate for bringing her in. Yeah. You know, for telling her the truth when lying would have been so much easier. And the thing is, it's because, you know, they're they're such there's they were such good friends that it really would have reached. It's the same thing with Stuart. It really would have reached a point where there would be no keeping it a secret anymore. And plus, knowing what is going on in the world around them is good to keep them prepared. Yeah. Because they always, you know, they always talk about how in danger everybody around them is because they don't know all the demonic stuff. I mean, yeah, being close to Kate is always going to be dangerous, but just oh, their friendship is the best. I love it. I love I mean, it. It's so. probably because it's our friendship, but I, still. That's exactly <laughs> like, it. Like, yeah, like it really makes me it really makes me feel like a lot of their conversations, a lot of like their 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 humorous moments reminds me so much of us. Arriving at the training room, Kate notices how well the girls are doing. She wishes Cutter and Marcus would use less lethal weapons with Allie. <laughs> but she knows, with her abilities, they can't. Anna, who we learn is Ruby with Eliza, appears watching warily, and Kate says she'll introduce her to Marcus. Anna says she knows Marcus, and Kate says true, but Marcus was their escort then. Now he is her instructor. As Anna observes Allie and Mindy, she begins to doubt that she belongs there. But Kate assures her she does. She fought off a hellhound, and that's not a small feat. Yeah, but she's nowhere near Allie's level. True. But Kate calls her attention to Mindy. See her? She's pretty good, right? Well, she sucked when she first started. (laughs) Kate's trying real hard to connect with her students, and it is super cute. (laughs) Marcus calls Anna forward and says she's going to be sparring with Mindy. What? Today? (laughs) Marcus assures her she is going to do great. Also, somewhere in all this, Kate figures out there must be another ritual, another way that Lilith can enter Allie. Because no way is she ordering the demons not to touch her out of respect. Yeah. Laura promises to research, and says she has been researching, along with Eric, Eddie, and even Father Corletti. Whatever is going on, they'll figure it out. After spending the morning doing as much paperwork as she can stand, Kate rounds up Allie and Eliza and gets them to go with her to take the three newbies on their first patrol. As they drive down into town, Kate has them tell her how demons come to be, seeing if they can figure out the best places to start looking for a demon. Hospitals, nursing homes, etc. She also has Eliza hand them all papers as she says articles detailing near-death experiences are usually where she and Eric start. Lo and behold, the kids find one. A drunken in an alley off Main Street that some tourists said were dead, but when the officer got there, was awake and fine. Kate and the kids head there, and they do find a demon, but it's Quirrick, the demon that was inside Thomas Duval. He promises that Kate, Allie, and all they hold dear is safe, safe from him and any demon who aligns with him. All she has to do is speak his name, and they will let them pass. They owe her a debt. Owe Allie a debt for closing the gates, allowing them to continue to experience the earthly realm. But he did not take this form just to thank her. <laughs> there is something she must know. Lilith still seeks to become corporeal. And if she achieves it, all demons will be forced to serve her. Apparently, she is preparing for another ritual. One involving the Stone of Solomon. Kate says the Stone of Solomon was destroyed the first time Lilith tried this. And Quirik tells her not to trust everything she believes. <laughs> I love... How he calls her Catherine Crow. Yes. And when she corrects him, he's like, yeah, okay. Okay. Quirik knows what's up. (laughs) Telling him that he should go, Kate goes to direct the kids back to the van. Looks like there will be no demons tonight. 
especially as she needs to get the others researching. But as they approach the van, they're set upon by two demons. Though they originally get Kate and Allie down, they easily reverse the situation so the two demons are up against a wall. Something Kate uses as a teaching moment. (laughs) Demonstrating how to know if one is a demon and going over the ways of killing them. Then she sets the two loose and tells her students to go too. Ren and Anna quickly take chase, but Bruce freezes, unsure of which of his classmates to help. Both manage to take out the demon and return to Kate, who is more than a little proud. (laughs) So maybe they won't all get killed after all. Bruce can't believe his indecision stopped him from getting into the game at all, and Kate assures him that it's okay. There will be plenty more chances. Returning from their weird little hunting trip, (laughs) they find Laura waiting for them in the foyer. She sends Ren, Anna, and Bruce off the train before telling Kate, Allie, and Eliza that they're needed in the dining rooms, where Eric is waiting along with Father Donnelly. And Senora Macari! Yay! Yay! I, was, I was very glad to see Senora Macari back. Kate and the girls are thrilled to see the Senora. Not so much Father Donnelly. No, of course not. But why Kate is thrilled to see her, she asked to ask what she's doing there. It seems Father Donnelly suggested she come work at the school, work with students again, especially seeing as how her B&B is no more. Seems some black hat demons were a bit pissed about the whole closing of the gates <laughs> and burned it down. Oh, Kate's so sorry, but the senora tells her not to be. God works in mysterious ways. And here she is, provided they'll have her. Hell yeah, they'll have her. <laughs> She's amazing. Yay. Father Donnelly, though, not so much. The senora, who insists Kate and the others call her Gabriella, though Kate and Eric say they'll never be able to do that. <laughs> not even as adults. She is Senora Macari. Goes to acquaint herself with the kitchen, but not before Kate tells her about seeing Quirik and how she is sure the demon would want her to send her regards. The Senora is pleased he's corporeal again. He might be a demon, but he's also a good man. Once she's gone, it becomes all about Father Donnelly. Why is he there? And how are they related? What? This is news to Allie. What does she mean, how are they related? (laughs) So she found out about that. Kate says she saw the name on some papers Eliza set up from her mother's house. So it's true? Yes, it's true. They're family. Kate's kind of like, hold on there, buddy. They're blood. They're not family. (laughs) Those are two different things. And to his credit, Father Donnelly understands, or at least says he does. We don't trust him. (laughs) He overstepped his bounds when he created a demonic Praying program and shoved a demon into her husband as a child. Yeah, yeah, he did. He tries to explain. It seems their family and Eric's had been working for Forza for a long, long time, and that some ancestors of theirs they uh, conjured a gate to hell. Seems they were trying to find a mystical way to bind demons, and instead they opened a doorway. They opened one of the ancient doors. No. No, they didn't open one of the gates mentioned in the Old Testament. They made a new one. Five new ones, each with a key, similar to the one her grandmother hid in the cathedral. And these gates, they don't just open into normal hell, because why would (laughs) they? They open into uber hell. Good job, guys. Great. Good job, team. They knew the mistake would have to be fixed, that these gates would have to be monitored and potentially closed. So they set out to create a new breed of hunter to create Allie. She has the skill and the added oomph to take out these gates. That is the biggest whoopsie. Yeah. Because they put a demon into Eric. (sighs) 
<sighs> I love how neither Kate nor Eric is letting this go anytime yeah. soon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I also kind of love how Allie took charge of this meeting in the beginning and how Kate notices how she's coming into her own. She thinks they're going to start seeing Allie do more. And and honestly, I'm here for it. I love like I really love the progression of Allie through the books and especially like where she started at finding out that Kate was a hunter Mm -hmm. and wanting to learn and being like the teenage. I'm excited about this thing until she realized just how real it is and how she's growing up over these books. And pretty quickly is considering how she, you know, finding out that she's half demon. Yeah. But but speaking of Allie, Father Donnelly tells her, tells the 16-year-old that, of course, she is going to be expected to have children. And let me tell you, that sentence would have made me want to slap this man on a good day. Oh, I would have. But I read this book when it first came out, which was immediately after the overturning of Roe v. Wade. So I was livid. Like just flames, flames down the side of my (sighs) face. And I am so glad that it makes both Kate and Eric live it as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like what 16 year old should be told that they're expected to have children? Yeah. Because they tell Father Donnelly in no uncertain terms that Allie is not his breeding stock. uh Uh-huh. Oh, no. And I was just like, the fuck is wrong with this man? Yeah. Yeah. Like I I was starting to be like, okay, maybe Father Donnelly isn't, you know, he's just you know, let's let's take this with a lot of what he says with a grain of salt and what he's done because he's part of the church and he's part of Forza and he's part of all this. But when he came out with, oh, and Allie will be expected to breathe. Like, what the fuck, man? No, no, no. We're done. No, I, We're done, sir. I, not even, like, also thinking of me as a parent, I would have been like, get out. Yeah. Go. You're not yeah. welcome here. I will work with you because I have to work with you, but I am not going to entertain you for longer than I have to. Get Mm-mm. out. No. Yeah. So bad. So no. bad. Like, I, I think I had to put the book aside for like oh, yeah. a couple hours because I was just, I was seeing red I was, at I was point. reading at work. I was reading at work and I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> I may have even like, I, I feel so bad for my coworkers sometimes because like I'm either listening to music or, or like watching something on TV or reading. And like, I, I, I have reactions. I gasp. Yeah. And like. I've had my coworkers be like, are you okay over there? <laughs> I'm like, oh no, somebody just did something they shouldn't have. And I am mad. So mad. Oh, fuck Father Donnelly. I was starting to, I was starting to like, not be so bad with him. But then he came out with that and like, fuck yourself all the way off. Oh. <sighs> Kate also mentions that right now their focus is kind of on Lilith, who apparently is putting together a plan B for getting inside Allie. And if that happens, well, his mystical fighter is no more. In fact, the only reason Lilith can even enter into Allie in the first place is because of what they did. Father Donnelly reminds Kate that what they did made Eric the man he is today. Without it, who knows if he'd still be around or if Allie would have turned out to be the person she was. You don't say shit like that because you don't know. Like, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. 
And he blames the Cardinal Fire. Says if they never used it, the demon would have renamed Norman. Dormant. Which Eric calls bullshit on. Because he says, that's an educated guess at best. They don't know. Yeah, most of what they don't know. Ugh. Fucking Father Donnelly. Father Donnelly says that is the past. He cannot change it. He can only hope to move forward. Yeah, you're not going to move forward forward by saying shit like, your daughter needs to breed. No! Absolutely (laughs) not! That's not how to foster goodwill with these people. Allie makes it clear she will not be controlled. And that maybe she won't stay on this path. Maybe. But he hopes she will. It causes Kate to question her. Does she want to stay on this path? Because up until now, Allie's been all gung-ho about the hunter life. She says she does. She thinks... She just, she thought she'd be one of many, not some standout weirdo. Eric reminds her she's still part of a team. Just look around her. Everyone there has her back. Still, she may understand what Donnelly did, but she doesn't like it. And she doesn't forgive him. Might never forgive him. And taking Eliza with her, she goes to find Mindy. Father Donnelly turns to Eric. Kate, can they forgive him? Kate starts to speak, but Eric goes first. What he did, it led to Allie. And because of Allie... He's willing to forgive almost anything. I love Eric so I know. much. He's, he's a better man than me. <laughs> Later, as Eric is taking the kids on a tour of the library, Kate goes to see Stuart. She finds Timmy up there as well, playing in the adjacent bedroom. And she thanks Nancy for being willing to, willing to look after Timmy too. She really needs to find a nanny for the work day. Nancy says to think nothing of it, that Timmy is nothing short of an angel. <laughs> but since Kate's up there, she'll go take a break, find some coffee, and let Kate and Stuart have some privacy. When she leaves, she tells Stuart that Kate's there, and he doesn't he want to wake up and talk with her? Oh, I love Nancy. Well, Kate loves Nancy's optimism, she has to admit she's losing hope. Even after the weird bit in the hospital, it just seems like every day, Stuart is slipping farther and farther away. After letting Timmy know she's there... And to come if he needs anything. She takes a seat beside Stuart's bed, telling him about how Donnelly stopped by, how she's still mad at him for all his shadiness, <laughs> and then telling him about the students, the strength she sees in each of them. In the middle of all this, Stuart actually squeezes her hand. He squeezes her hand and speaks. It's raspy at first. Cat. Dog. But then, like the hospital, he sits up straight and yells, rat, before passing out once more. The sound of Stuart's voice immediately brings Timmy, who wants to know if Daddy spoke. Yeah, yeah, Daddy spoke, but it was only for a second. He wants to know if Daddy's going to be better soon. And Kate, she wants to lie to him, but she can't. So she just says that that's what they're praying for, that he gets better soon. Timmy says he prays and then offers to kiss and make it better. Both his dad and Kate, who is now crying. Timmy is the VIP always. He is always, always, like Timmy is. Always MVP of these books. Forever. He's, he, he saves. I mean, he's like, he always, like he, I love him. I love Timmy so much. Like, I love how like there's a, like there's a a moment and he lightens it up. Like, he's just, I I love Timmy. I want a whole I want a whole future series with Timmy. Like I just that's all I want. <laughs> Timmy's gonna become a hunter, just like his sister. I, I know. know. I know. And like Timmy's also gonna have lots of therapy. Oh God. <laughs> we, I don't know. Like we need to find a special a special therapist for <laughs> Or it needs to send over a therapist. I know, I know, but it's the Catholic Church. They don't never mind. <laughs> I don't think they <laughs> She was in violence this morning. <laughs> During the 12 days of Christmas, too. Oh, 
no, and I think is it isn't the Pope being? Oh no, no, Pele's being buried today. I think they're going to be all the yeah, stuff. Yeah, Benedict for- is sometime this week because my yeah. aunt was like, "I wish we would get the day off," and I'm like, "Yeah, I, I don't think you will." No, no, but yes, I am. I am choosing. I am choosing lapsed Catholic violence. <laughs> Realizing she needs to go back to work, she tells Timmy that they should go find Miss Nancy. Which turns out to be real easy as she's in the outer room with coffee and a crossword. She asks if Timmy is going with Kate or returning to his city. And she says if she doesn't mind keeping him. Nope, not at all. She enjoys the sound of his playing, the company. Departing, Kate runs into Rita and Eddie on the stairs, which we should probably mention that Nancy knows Stuart spoke in the hospital. Because when she says something about talking to Kate, she says, doesn't he want to do it again? And Kate figures out that she must have found out from Rita via via Eddie. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Rita and Eddie. She tells Rita that her cousin is a godsend and she can never thank her enough for sending her. Nonsense. Rita says she just wants to help out the people that are important to her, Eddie. But speaking of Nancy, she's going to go say goodbye. This leaves Kate and Eddie alone in the hallway. Her, Eddie? Is there something Kate should know? Does she hear the tinkling of wedding bells in the distance? <laughs> and he tells her to watch it or he might just make her play on the big day. Wait, what? Aww. It's happening? And he says, yeah, he hasn't asked, but Rita's definitely the one, which is good because it took him long enough to find her. Kate says Eddie knows he's going to have to tell Rita the truth before anything happens, right? And Eddie says it's too late for that. It's a done deal. But he said he didn't ask. <laughs> And he didn't. His read is a modern woman. <laughs> she asked. And by the way, once she moves in, he's going to want Eric out. Yeah. He's going to need their privacy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I love Rita and Eddie. Oh my God. I love Rita and Eddie so much. And we're going to have so much more reason to love Rita in like two I seconds. Know. I know. I know. Whew. And besides, she needs Eric up there. What? But Eddie says whatever little romance drama she's got going on with the men in her life, she needs to put it aside. Even with the cane and the patch, Eric's a solid fighter. One of the best they have. And with the school set to expand, she's going to need enough people on site 24-7 to help keep them safe. So she needs to stop thinking with her Southern parts (laughs) and start thinking about what's best for the students. Oh my God, Eddie. Oh God, poor Kate. Before this conversation can go any farther, the alarm starts blaring and the blue warning light above Stuart's room comes on. As they rush back into the room, they find Nancy, a hand over Stuart's mouth, as Stuart's body jerks about fighting to breathe. Kate goes to get her, but Rita makes it first, grabbing her and shoving a pencil in her eye. That's right, Rita kills the demon. Seems Rita notices a lot of what goes on in San Diablo. I love this scene. (laughs) Yeah, because no, Eddie didn't tell her. She's just lived long enough to see things. Yeah, yeah. Like, I I think we've discussed that in the past. And especially like, it also makes me think, I know we've definitely talked about it in context of Sunnydale. Yeah. Like, people know that there's weird, especially if you are around these people where weird shit happens. Yeah. You're going to start noticing that something is going on. When Nancy came down to the kitchen, she was complaining of indigestion. Rita didn't think anything of it, but now she's <laughs> guessing heart attack. She went into the bathroom and when she came out, she seemed off. Demon must have gotten her then. Eric and Cutter have arrived by then with the kids and hear the tail end of the whole conversation. Along with Kate saying that some congratulations are in order for killing the demon? No. Eddie tells the rest of the group that he and Rita are getting hitched. But not to make a big deal out of it. <laughs> 
<laughs> Kate promises they'll do just that, but later. Yes. Right now, she asks Rita what she wants to do with the body. They can call the cops, but they'll ask about the pencil in the eye. <laughs> Rita says, what do they normally do with them? They have methods. She asks Eric if he can maybe procure an urn, let Rita have Nancy's remains. He says he will. But why? Why would the demon be looking to kill Stuart? Kate starts to think on that, but there's still conversation going on around her. Like, is it easy for this to happen? Kate explains it can be, but that the faithful fight more. Ah, that explains it. Rita says Nancy was a good woman, a kind woman, but that she didn't believe in anything. Not even herself. Tragic, really. Eddie comforts Rita, and it is the softest Kate has ever seen Eddie. And then she looks over at Eric and realizes that he's looking at her in the exact same way. My heart. Team Eric five ever. But I also feel like I feel so bad for Nancy. Because she was like, for for the short time that we had Nancy in our lives... She was, yeah, she was a good person. She was good. Like, you know, I liked, I liked how she was with Timmy and, but man, this is the, se- this is the second time somebody was at their, their quote unquote house and wasn't feeling good. And then. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to start uh, like Jessica Fletcher. Like, don't go over to Kate's house. Don't go to Kate's house. <laughs> end up dead. <laughs> so man. once alone with Eric, Kate tells him that she was with Stuart right before the demon inside Nancy tried to take him out. And he spoke. That has to mean something. Whatever he's trying to tell them, the demons don't want them to know. But what? What is he trying to tell them? Eric says he doesn't know. He doesn't even know how Stuart is doing this. And Kate, she's getting a bit frustrated because isn't that Eric's job to know things? (laughs) Eric says that she's not mad at him. And he pulls her close, holding her and calling her Katie. Kate's been relying on Eric a lot these past few months. Maybe more than she should have been. But she needed him. Needed his strength. Eric suggests they hit the library, look up altered states, because maybe Stuart's channeling, trying to pass on a message from God or the demon dimension. As they walk, he says if he is trying to deliver a message, then rat could mean a lot of things. It could speak of his survival, a sign that he's still there, or it could mean they have a traitor in their mists. After all, they've just led a lot of new people <laughs> in their lives. Yeah, but a lot of them were vetted by the Vatican. Or used to work for the Vatican. Still, Eric suggests they hurry, get themselves to a corner of the library where they can talk and not be overheard. Of course, as soon as they say that, they pass Mindy and Laura, who are also headed to the library, to look up the gate, see if they can figure out if one really is in San Diablo. Because of course Kate filled Laura in before going (laughs) to see Stuart. Laura asks if they were headed to the library, and while Kate trusts Laura beyond measure, she's not ready to talk about Stuart's latest proclamation. Eric, who seems to have read her mind, says, nope, they're just going to grab some coffee before diving into paperwork. (laughs) With an ew kind of face. Laura carries on with Mindy, and Kate is forever grateful for the assist. Their plans change. Eric and Kate head up to her room, as Timmy is currently with Eddie and Rita, so his adjacent room is also empty. (sighs) Making for a nice, quiet workspace. She starts to look for her laptop, but Eric finds it first. He fires it up, and the two of them get cozy on the couch. Kate telling herself that scooting closer to Eric is just so she can see the screen better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Whatever you gotta tell yourself, Katie Kids. We, we gotta remember, stop thinking with your southern parts. Logging into Forza's main database, Eric says he tried searching all this once, but he's gonna change some of the parameters, see if it brings up anything else. He's already tried this? Of course he did. It was Stuart. And he's important to Kate. No. So then he believed her. In the hospital? Eric says he'll always believe her. It feels like old times, the two of them sitting there, and both are pleasantly surprised when the screen fills with text. Eric says there are some articles about the dead speaking. 
Yeah, but Stuart's not dead. True. But in biblical times, he might have been thought to be dead. Fair enough. What does it say? As she tries to read over his shoulder, Eric tugs at her hair. This is not like old times. Because back then, she didn't give two fucks about what any of the books had to say. I love them <sighs> so much. Too cute. Just, oh, why Why are they? Why? I, just, I know. I know. It's going to get even better. And then it's going to get worse. But it's going to get better. Uh, I know. And they love each other. I know. Which we, we will get to in a moment because as they keep researching and talking about mumbled truths and false prophecies, they start holding hands. Eric running his thumb over Kate's hand, calling her brilliant, saying that it is like old times because she could always take his research and turn it into something brilliant. And then there's whispered names and them knowing they shouldn't, but they miss each other. <sighs> They miss each other and they love each other. And Eric tells Kate he's going to kiss her. He's going to kiss her and she can stop him if she wants. But yeah, no, she no. doesn't stop him. No, they don't she stop. doesn't stop him at all. Nope. In fact, she doesn't stop him so much <laughs> that Eric takes her to bed. That's right. They sleep together and my heart, <sighs> my little heart can't take this. I, it's, it's, it's too much. They're so good together they're well matched they're a team he makes her smile and laugh he defied death for her <laughs> and just t- julie just let them be together like i i feel like i feel like we're being tormented because like i like i i don't want Stuart to die no i don't want Stuart to die but i want kate to be with eric so like they're, they gotta, this has gotta end in a throuple situation. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. That's they the only just, way this ends. I they, know they just, said it before, but oh, yeah. it's true. Yeah, they just, they, they've gotta, they've, they've, they have a big enough house now. That's right. They have a huge ass house. It's fine. Just, it's fine. I, just share Kate. She'll be fine with it. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. Anyway, yeah. and it gets worse. They sleep together, but Kate says it can't happen again. It can't. She's still married. Eric says, what about one more kiss? And they're going to when Allie bursts in. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Allie yeah. walks in on poor this. Allie. Poor, poor Allie, poor Kate, poor Eric. They go to explain, but no, no. Allie doesn't no. want to do this. No, nope, not right now. <laughs> not right now. Because she's not sure whether she's happy or freaked out. And besides, Stuart's awake. <laughs> but what? <laughs> Stuart's awake. They need to come now. And come they do, which sounds really dirty after I know, the last after, scene. After like, yeah. 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 They dash to Stuart's room and find him awake. What Confused. timing? What absolute awful timing? I feel you did that on purpose, Stuart. I know. Did, was was there something in the like in the air that made you know that this was going on and you had to wake up and ruin the moment, Stuart? Probably. Like you could have given like give him a like give him a an hour to recover yeah. and take a shower. <laughs> <sighs> he's confused, but he's awake. Did he is Allie Kate tells him Allie's safe. He stopped it. But then why isn't he insane? Is he insane? Eric says he always thought he was, but you know, what you gonna do? <laughs> Kate explains that Jared saved him. He saved Allie and Jared saved him. They stopped Lilith. Kate also tells him he spoke when he was out. Does he remember any of that? No, nothing. 
Clearly the last thing he remembers is the woods. How long has he been out? Three months. Three months? <laughs> Stuart then asks where Timmy is, and oh my god, Kate feels she is the worst. Yeah. Not only did she just sleep with her ex, but she forgot to grab Timmy. Forgot to tell him <laughs> his dad was awake. But it's it's cool. It's it's cool. Everything's fine. Because uh, Timmy is soon in the doorway with Bruce, who is holding a knife to his throat. <sighs> Bruce's demand is simple. Either Allie comes with him or... Timmy dies. Kate doesn't get it. He had a chance for a new life to start over, but Bruce says nothing Kate can offer him can even come close to what she can. That's when Kate realizes he means Lilith. Bruce is working for Lilith. (gasps) Kate tries to tell him he's being manipulated, but Bruce doesn't care. Lilith has offered him power, real power, and she's going to be queen of the world soon. He's made his choice. The others should too, because he wants Ren and Anna to come with them. Tries to tell them that they mean nothing to Kate. That they're just strays she took in. But Red and Anna aren't here for it. They stand with Kate and with Allie. Allie, who realizes what her move has to be. Because it's the only move. The only one she can make and ensure Timmy's safety. She has to go with him. Minnie tries to tell her no. Jared is grabbing the side of Stuart's bed so hard the metal is denting. Kate knows this is a bad idea. That Allie's walking into a trap. Allie knows it too. But isn't this what she was born for? To fight demons? Might as well start at the top. As she leaves with Bruce, she says it looks like the school really is in session. Their first assignment? Come save her. Apparently when Bruce left, he told all of them to wait upstairs for half hour. And they do, even after the doctor Forza sent over to look at Stuart arrives. Then they all run to the front hall. But there's no sign of them anywhere, just the front gates sitting wide open. Kate can't believe this is happening, that both Allie and Timmy are <laughs> off with Bruce. They could be who knows where, and, and they need a plan. They need, well, Kate needs Eric. And so she goes to him, seeking comfort in him until she remembers her other husband is awake and they just slept together. And then she's pushing him away and Stuart is on the stairs and he knows he's out of it, but he needs to know, is this Lilith? He says, yeah, unfortunately it is. Poor Kate. With Stuart still weak, he doesn't make it through much more of the conversation than that. And Jared and Senora Macari see him back upstairs. Fun little tidbit we should probably note. That the doctor, Forza Scent, is the one who used to take care of Kate and Eric when they were younger. And Stuart does mention Kate and Eric being a team. So maybe the stone tablet knocked all the little bitch out of him. <laughs> Fingers crossed. I hope so. Uh, he, everybody that like from here on to the end, it is such a like everybody is just having a time. Oh, so much of a time. Like everybody's going to need a nap and a juice box. Oh, I need a nap and a juice box. <laughs> Kate's overwhelmed. Plan. They need a plan. Everyone's looking to her, but she she can't. She doesn't know where to start. Which is when Senora returns, calling her Catherine Andrews and basically telling her to get up off her butt and do something. (laughs) Have I mentioned lately how much I love Senora? I love her. I love her. So she does. She, Eric, Jared, the students, they devise a plan. Using what they know of where Jared's sister was being kept, Crystal Stone, Underground, the howl of a bobcat. (laughs) They start marking possible places on a map. Because yes, Jared did tell the others his story, and now everyone is determined to find his sister as well as Allie. As everyone moves into action, Kate and Jared have a moment, and Jared, he just, he really loves Allie. And it's adorable. I love him. The belief he has in her, the admiration, and the fact that he is okay if she doesn't love him too. Jared's definitely growing on me. Yeah. And Kate, who just makes him promise to be careful with Allie's heart. Right before her phone rings, it's Fran, who is at her house with Timmy. She has Timmy? How? 
Fran explains how she and Elena were on their way over to pick up a bucket of Legos when Allie pulled up in the car with this boy and Timmy. She said they had been watching him, but were now supposed to drop him off with Eddie. That was right, right? (laughs) Jared nods and Kate says, yes, it it was, and that she's on her way. Well, Fran is sure Eddie can still... Kate doesn't let her finish. She's on her way. Hanging up, she runs to tell Stuart that Timmy is okay. She finds him tired and resting, but kisses his head, saying she loves him, but she has to run out. Yeah, Eric says no. (laughs) She's exhausted. She's not driving. And Laura agrees. She and Cutter will go to the house, check on Timmy. Once they leave, Kate tells Eric something else that Fran said, because she confessed to being worried about Allie hanging out with the boy in the car. She says she got a weird vibe from him and that Allie sounded like she had been drinking. He must have drugged her. Which makes sense. He didn't want Allie to be able to defend herself. What doesn't make sense is why he let Timmy go. Was it because he thought Allie would be more cooperative knowing Timmy was safe? Or was it because maybe there's still some good in him that through it all he can't hurt a kid? Eric doubts that. But the fact Kate still has hope, it's one of the reasons he loves her. And yes, he says that out loud in Stuart's room. Oh, Eric. Kate's still spiraling. She lost, and Eric tells her she needs to think of this like a mission. It's a slap in the face, but he's right. She needs to think like a hunter, not a mother. Thinking like a mother, it's going to get the kids killed. And so she hits the alarm bell, calling everyone to Stuart's room. They need to brainstorm, come up with a plan. She tells them to go on, shout it out. There's no bad ideas. This eventually leads to Ren suggesting that maybe they should talk to Quirik. He seems to revere Allie. Maybe he can point them in the right direction. Kate tells him to pick his team. Him? Yeah, it's his idea. That means he's in charge. Ren picks Marcus and Eliza. Kate is grateful for the inclusion of Marcus, as if things get out of hand, he'll be able to take over. But Kate doesn't think it will reach that point. She has confidence in Ren. Sending him and his team on the way, she tells the others to keep brainstorming, that they'll reconvene in an hour. She tells Eric to hang back, though. There is something she wants to talk about, something Eddie said, which reminds her. She texts Laura, asking her and Cutter to bring Eddie back as well as Timmy. Eddie thinks there might be a small part of Lilith inside Stuart. What? Hearing that, Stuart sits up. Did they just say there was a piece of demon inside him? Kate says they're not certain. It's just a theory they're floating. That after he spoke at the hospital, does he remember that? Again, Stuart says, no. He doesn't remember anything past the cemetery. What did he say? Some real cryptic stuff. First about Allie, about being careful, and then something about a rat. They think he was trying to warn them about Bruce, that he was a traitor. So this was linked to the coma? Like a mystical whammy? Possibly. They don't know. The other cases they found it all stopped, either because the person woke up or they died. The last woman they knew it happened to after she woke up, that was it. No more cryptic sleepwalking. Too bad. Stuart liked the idea of actually being useful. Oh my god, Stuart, shut up. Oh. Are we supposed to feel bad for him and his tiny violins? Because I do not. Yes. I do. A little. Okay. You feel bad for him. I feel bad for him. I feel bad for him because he was thrown into this whole thing and he's he's also in like, I will not feel bad for him. Like, because like the part about him coming to Italy on Ah! the last fucking minute. That is the sin you will (laughs) never forgive him for. I will never. No, no, I will never forgive him for that for reasons we've talked about before. No, but in some ways I do feel for him. Later, during another brainstorming session, during which they put Stuart on the couch, Laura and Cutter returned. Not just with Timmy and Eddie, but with Fran, Elena, and Rita as well. 
Laura says they insisted on coming. Timmy tells Kate all about how they went in the car and Bruce played the bad guy game and then Miss Fran got him ice cream. Aww. After asking if Timmy brought her any ice cream, she shows Timmy that Stuart is awake and sets him loose with a warning to be gentle. Then she thanks Fran. Fran says she hopes Kate doesn't mind them just barging in, but she figured Kate could use all the help she could get. You know, with Lilith being in town and all. Huh? <laughs> Fran says she's also noticed the things that go on in this town. <laughs> Notices Kate. She's not as subtle as she thinks she is. <laughs> Plus, she heard the stories Eddie told her mom. Rita explains that it's a small house and that Fran and Elena have been staying with her. D-I-V-O-R-C-E. Mm. Kate says she's sorry. Fran says it's fine. Better really. She just feels bad she can't help her mom more with the rent and she's kind of in between jobs. Kate may have a solution to that. <laughs> I am so excited Fran is now in the fold. I know. Like, I I love how many people have been, like, adopted into this weird yes. circle. Like, yeah. And I mean, Fran is just fabulous. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Love, you know, we love Fran. But <laughs> like, oh, by the way, I have a job for you. Turns out Fran loves Kate's idea and is totally about handling childcare at the Academy, provided she can watch Elena at the same time. Obviously. And if she wants, she can have one of the staff rooms. She and Elena can move in. It's not the safest place to live, but <laughs> Fred is 10,000% in <laughs> and wants Kate to teach her all the demon-y stuff. I love She Fred. also insists on starting immediately so that Kate can concentrate on Allie and Lilith. I love Fred. Oh, she's the best. <laughs> so she takes the kids upstairs and lets them get back to their brainstorming. And while Laura jokes about being replaced, it's clear Laura is thrilled too. Everyone together. Oh, yeah. Laura is still Laura is still the BFF. Uh, Laura is still number one. Yes. A little while later, Kate notices that Eddie seems to have wandered off and so goes looking for him as she assumes he's with Rita and the kids. Fran having popped back by the house to pick up some stuff. He's not there. Since Kate is upstairs, though, she goes to check on Stuart, finding him in the hospital room. He says he was feeling a little less than useful. Perhaps even Zeppo-like? <laughs> Kate says right now his resting is the most important. He feels weird knowing he was out so long. Guilty. He left Kate to handle everything alone. Kate tells him it's okay. Everything worked out and he's back now. She catches him up about the school, Fran, Eddie and Rita, the house, and the fact Eddie wants Eric to move up to the school. She's ready for Stuart to argue, as we all are. But no, Stuart's actually about it. He agrees with Eddie. Eric is one hell of a fighter and they need that. Yeah, but Stuart thinks she's worried about the school and Eric overstepping his bounds and says he is certain Eric will respect her boundaries. He's a good guy. Yeah, yeah, he is. Oh, the guilt Kate is feeling. Oh. Then Stuart goes weird again, calling her Catherine and saying the ruby will reveal... Right before collapsing. What happened? <laughs> Kate says he went all trance-like. Then he might have helped in a major way. <laughs> Coming out of Stuart's room, Kate finds Eric, and she gets a bit snippy with him, especially <laughs> after he asks if she talked to Stuart. No, but Stuart talked to her. <laughs> he had another episode. Something about a Ruby revealing her? <clears throat> Has he ever heard anything about this? Look, we can't we can't blame Kate for being a little on edge right now. She's having she's having a day. She is having a day. No, Eric's never come across anything about it, but that doesn't mean it isn't true. He texts Forza and Kate continues the search for Eddie now with Eric. This this reminds me, this parts of this remind me of Buffy and What's My Line. 
Yes. Where where it's just like one thing right after the other, and you just can't blame her for being no. in a mood. They find him down in the kitchen with Senora Makari trying to steal some cannolis. Senora I would be insists- trying to steal cannolis. Seriously. Senora insists they remove him from her kitchen. <laughs> they do, the three of them heading up to the dining room where Jared is hard at work researching vampire telepathy and seeing if there's a way for him to get in touch with Celia. Find out more. Kate asks if they'll be... <laughs> trying to decipher your notes. Yeah, like, the, like this word makes no sense. Oh, okay. <laughs> so the sentence I have here is Kate asks if they'll be disrobing fun. And when he <laughs> says no, I think I mean if they'll be disturbing him. <laughs> I was just like, how did we get yeah. Probably I was typing it on my phone while reading. Yeah. But still. Oh, okay. Kate asks if they'll be disturbing him, and when he says no, she starts asking Eddie all sorts of questions about what he said about demon pieces. Eddie says it happened to him after he left Forza when they were in Europe. Kate realizes from his story that a demon could potentially jump into another demon, and so immediately panics. Quirk! As she and Eric begin to head out, Father calls, and Signora comes in with a tray of cannolis. Turns out Stuart was right. A ruby can identify a demon. They touch it, and the ruby turns black. Great, so now they just need to find a ruby. Senora offers Kate hers. Anything to help Kate find their alley. Senora is going on the list of seeing people who, if something happens to them, we riot. <laughs> yes, yes. In the car, Kate is getting more and more frustrated that no one is picking up. <laughs> They're running out of time and have no way of finding them. Eric urges her to calm down. It says he knows where they are. Nobody answers the phone these days, Kate. What? How? <laughs> Location services. He made all the students turn it on. <laughs> and here Kate was thinking it was something mystical. But honestly, in the world of demon hunting, there wasn't a whole lot of mystical. Not nearly as much as television would have you believe. <laughs> Eric says they'll be there in 10 minutes, just long enough for him and Kate to have a talk. Kate says she doesn't want to have a talk. But Eric continues. He doesn't regret what happened. But that doesn't mean he's upset Stuart is awake. He's glad Kate and the kids have him back. But what happened? It both changes everything and changes nothing. Because Eric was clear from the start. He still loves her. He still loves her and wants her back. He lost her unfairly because the universe screwed them over. So yeah, he's going to fight for her. And he is going to fight to win. Yes! Go, Eric! I support this. And, And Kate... Well, she doesn't not support it. <laughs> the problem is Kate wants both of them. She wants to have it all. And she knows that's impossible. She should be allowed to have it all. Just as keeping the secret of what they did is impossible. She needs to tell Stuart. She starts to say more, but they arrive only to find Quirik holding Ren by the throat. Kate jumps out of the van, ready to make the kill. However, Eliza stops her. Turns out the whole thing is a training exercise. That doesn't make Kate feel a whole lot better as she sent them with a particular objective not to play tackle. Cora can see the urgency in Kate and asks why she seeks him. Kate says they need info. Can a demon hide a piece of themselves in another demon? A high demon. One such as Lilith. Quirk supposes it's possible. Kate tells them how they suspect Lilith might have done just that. Part of her new attempt to get inside Allie. Kate asks when the time comes if Quirk will fight alongside them. Quirk reminds her there is a big difference between ushering cryptic warnings and openly defying Lilith. <laughs> he can't do the latter. Why? 
because she's inside him. Quirk hesitates. He doesn't think she is, but how would they know? How would he know? Do any of them know what's actually inside them? <laughs> There's a lot of questions. Eric pulls out the ruby and Kate tells Quirk he can find out. Quirk is impressed. Not many people know that trick. Well, they do their homework. Though afraid, he does it, the ruby remaining red. Everyone is so relieved, and Kate once again asks Quirk to fight with her. It's help save the world he seems so fond of. She says if he does that, if he and his if he and his join her in battle, then their debt is paid. They owe Kate and the others nothing. Calling both Eric and Kate by the last name Crow. <laughs> Quirik says they have a deal. So now they have an army. Or at least Kate hopes they have an army. Demons aren't exactly known for being trustworthy. <laughs> Sitting with Laura, the two continue to think and research, and Kate flips between focused and scattered, saying Brett and Anna should be training. Laura reminds her that right now, they're kind of in an all-hands-on-deck situation. The kids are researching, helping. Let them do that. Kate just doesn't want to lose Allie. She's not going to lose Allie. Laura promises her that. This leads Kate down the strange road of thinking about Allie's hypothetical future children and how if they lose Allie now, it's game over. But if she was to one day have kids, then there would be more hunters out there with the ability to close the gates. What about Eric? Kate says no, they tried that, remember? Eric's blood didn't work. No, Laura says, what if Eric was to have more kids? Would they be able to do it? Or is Allie what she is because of Kate too? Kate doesn't see how she could have added anything to the mix. And Laura reminds Kate she knows nothing about her parents. Honestly, I think it has to be both bloodlines, as both bloodlines were responsible for opening the gate. Like, that's just mm-hmm. that's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. If both bloodlines made the gate, both bloodlines have to be there to, like, seal the gates. Yeah, I think Kate's going to be pregnant. I, I see. I didn't come out of this book thinking I'm interested. It's interesting that that's what you took away from I it. I just I I felt like the a conversation about Eric having more kids in the when you think about the two of them having had sex earlier. Yeah, it just made me feel. Look, right. I'm just making things more awkward for everybody. No, no, no. no. And I mean, <laughs> like, now that, like, because I knew you had that theory going into this today, right? Because mm-hmm. we talked yeah. about it before. Yeah, yeah. And now hearing this conversation, I'm like, okay, I can see why, like, you would think that. Because yeah. obviously more hunters of this bloodline are going to be very important. And Allie's still very young. Mm-hmm. But my question becomes... Eric's blood no longer works because that's not his physical body. So that's if true. Eric and Kate have kids at this point. It might be. A, it, the, I mean, again, we're dealing with mystical mumbo jumbo. That's, that's oh. where that's what I was. That's where I was. Where I was about to go is that bloodline is more than just blood Actual in this blood DNA. in this in this context. It's still Eric's soul in True. somebody else's body. So it, again, it's just, it's one of those weird, we're dealing with mystical forces. We don't know how, you know, it's the shit works. <laughs> because demons, like demons themselves aren't physical beings. That is also true. So it's, uh, you know, it is is it passed down by quote unquote the blood and genetics or is it going to be something more metaphysical since that's what we're dealing with with demons? That's a good question. So, yeah, that's that's also where I was going when I was thinking. I'm like, it just feels like it's building up to that. 
Kate says she doesn't want to think about this, about Allie being gone or Eric having more kids. Laura knows something is up beside the stress of Allie's kidnapping. And so asks Kate if there's something she'd like to share. <laughs> Kate hates when Laura reads her mind. And so she tells Laura about what happened between her and Eric right before Stuart woke up. And she knows she has to tell him. Does she? Of course. Laura's not so sure. She thinks maybe if Paul had just cheated the one time and never told her that they could have continued on. But he didn't cheat just once and not with a woman that was once his wife. Kate's situation, it's different than literally everyone else's. Switching gears, Kate wants to know why Lilith's minions haven't reached out. Why they haven't tried to torment her. Could be because she's deep in her search for Solomon Stone, which no longer exists. Or maybe she's just waiting to make a move on Eric. Kate says Eric is being careful before again repeating she needs to tell Stuart. As she heads off, Laura says he's going to understand. And so she goes to tell Stuart, but never does. Because no, instead, Stuart finally apologizes for being a butt. (laughs) For antagonizing Eric, for treating Allie differently. He says he's trying to get along with Eric and he's going to make it up to Allie. Seriously, having a near-death experience has made him a better person. It has. It has. Took the little bitch out of him. Yeah. He just, he loves Kate. And she loves him, which is the problem. She loves two men. As he runs his theme, as he runs his thumb over her wedding ring, it sparks a thought. Crystal, trapped. She says she needs to go downstairs, and she needs to go downstairs now. Kate has the kids researching all night, but everyone comes up empty-handed. See, <clears throat> Kate's thought was to follow the crystal thread, because she remembered the mention of a remnant. That a prince once traded a remnant for a bride. Turns out it was a piece of the stone that the demon Solomon trapped that the (laughs) turns out it was a piece of the stone that the demon solomon trapped was captured in because as you'll remember he kept wanting to make his prison smaller and smaller well eventually someone finds mention of it sold at auction to an anonymous buyer there's no mention of when or any hint of who and so kate says they have to be prepared for the worst they have to assume the buyer was lilith and that she has everything she needs it's a thought kate hates and she goes to get some air only to run into Stuart, who has another cryptic message. <laughs> she lives deep within the hills, battling the dark, abandoned no more. Or something like that. Ren, having had the foresight to type as Stuart was talking, <laughs> stares at his screen. The phrasing seems familiar, but he can't remember from where. Kate suggests they write it down on a whiteboard and take it phrase by phrase. When Mindy reminds Kate they don't have a whiteboard, (laughs) she tells her to just write it on the walls. (laughs) They'll paint over it later. (laughs) The problem they see is that the she could refer to so many people. Allie, Celia, Lilith. Stuart doesn't think it's Lilith. While he doesn't remember what he said, he does remember the feelings that went with it. And it it didn't feel like Allie was gone. Okay, good. Kate's going to hold on to that thought. So then what about the whole deep within the hills thing? Does that mean the mountains? They recall Jared saying something about Celia once mentioning a buried house. Maybe he and Eric start searching for such a thing? Eric's all for it. He needs <laughs> to do something while waiting for a callback about the remnant. That's when Timmy enters, followed by Fran, who also recognizes the phrasing. Apparently as a kid, she had a book of local scary stories. Something that was clearly meant to be for adults. In there was a story about a cult. People who invited demons in. They had a dwelling, almost like a city of demons. Until eventually they fought with some missionaries. 
Ren remembers this too. And Laura's starting to think the missionaries might have been Forza. Okay, yes, this is good. They have leads. And they soon get another. Because not long after Ren starts looking into the mission trails, Jared gets a message from his sister along with a symbol. Something to help them locate them. Using that symbol, which is tied to one of the tribes, they're able to get a general location. From there, Jared says he can track them by scent. It takes a few more telepathic messages, but soon they're on their way. Kate, Eric, Jared, Cutter, and Ren. The rest stayed behind at the school along with Father Donnelly and the doctor just in case anyone came home injured. Eddie, it turns out, has found the ritual Lilith will most likely use. It's basically the same, only it substitutes the remnant for the chalice, the chalice stone. So that's fun. Woohoo! Celia is able to confirm that Allie is alive and okay, that the two of them have been helping each other, something that is a huge relief to Jared, Kate, and Eric. Finally, reaching the structure, they are greeted by the obligatory dormant demon guards, who also helpfully call them hunters and tell them to die. <laughs> they dispatch of them and then enter the house where they find Allie and Celia huddled together in the dark. Kate and Eric immediately go to Allie and Jared to his sister, but after a moment, Allie goes to Jared kissing him. He tries to mention something about her parents, but oddly at this point, nobody has any objections. Loading everyone up in the van, they head back to school. Cutter thinks Lilith must be in retreat or else she never would have left Allie. So at least they have some time, time to prepare. True, but they need to stay vigilant because until they find the remnant, they need to consider the possibility that Lilith will. But hey, speaking of the remnant, Eric gets the text message. Seems like the person who bought the remnant is their old pal, Theo. As in the crazy dude who put all the occult stuff into the mansion. <laughs> but where? That place has been remodeled several times over. Where could he have put it that they didn't find it? Eric isn't so sure, but from now on, everyone who comes on campus gets vetted. Holds the ruby. They can't risk some random delivery person turning out to be Lilith's vessel. Getting back to school, the doctor insists on patching them up, wiping off their cuts, making sure no bacteria got into them while out in the woods. But first, Celia thanks Kate, giving her hugs, being super sweet, calling Allie a gift. Oh, look at that. Look at Celia. Yeah, that's when alarm bells started ringing in my uh-huh. head. The doctor also lets slip that there is a party being set up, a sort of welcome home for Celia. But they must promise to act surprised. That's not creepy at all. That's when Kate starts feeling dizzy. Eric, too. The doctor apologizes. They took his daughter. Drugs. Kate realizes she and Eric have been drugged. They're taken into the other room where a party has indeed been set up. Chairs are placed around the room and seemingly frozen into place are the rest of the staff, faculty, and students. Celia sits on the throne at the front of the room and Jared paces agitated. Was Lilith and Jared this whole time? Did they let her in or let her close to Allie? Was he saying he loved her all in act? Speaking of Allie... She's also drugged and carried in, placed at Kate and Eric's feet, their feet positioned so they rest atop Allie's body. Bruce slices Kate and Eric's legs so that their blood flows down onto Allie, and Eric finally figures out the remnant thing. It's in the mortar, the mortar of the floor beneath them. As Celia rises, they realize she is the vessel, that Lilith is temporarily inside her, and that she's controlling Jared. That once Lilith is inside that she can be Jared's sister queen, which is... Yeah. Jared doesn't want this, though. He begs Celia to fight. He just got her back. Don't make him hurt her. Lilith tries to manipulate him, uses Celia's mannerisms and voice to get to him, but it doesn't work. And in the end, after saying he loves her, 
he rips her heart out. Oh, poor Jared. Which sends the piece of Lilith back into the other and breaks the hold Lilith had. With the drugs wearing off, the others are up. And while Allie would like to be filled in, Kate says right now Jared needs her. Lilith killed Celia. And she's not done. Lilith is pissed and so goes into the body of Celia's corpse, despite the missing organs. <laughs> it's brutal. But Allie makes sorry work of her, apologizing to Jared. He understands. He knows it was no longer his sister. As Eddie gets Fran, Timmy, and Stuart to safety, Kate looks around at the demons still in their hall and their staff and students so itching for a fight. Looking at Eric, she says the demons kind of made a mess of their school. That they did. Feel like kicking their asses? <laughs> Always. So we get a bit of an epilogue and I love it. Yep. I love all the possibilities it sets up. Oh, I know. I'm excited. Because the, po- the because the epilogue is Kate and Allie on a hill overlooking the cemetery, talking while Jared sits by his sister's grave. They talk of love and relationships, how complicated they are. Allie says she thinks she may truly love Jared and then tells her mom she needs to tell Stuart about what happened with her dad. She knows. She does. And she will. We also find out that Allie does want to continue along the path of Demon Hunter. Maybe not Donnelly's way. But her way, which is when we find out this epilogue is from Allie's point of view. Yep. Allie, who is a demon hunter, like her parents. I love it. I don't know if this means we're shifting focus entirely to Allie, if we're getting a second series, or maybe like the short story that was included in the print edition of this Mm -hmm. book, we're going to start getting alternating chapters. Yeah. Whatever it is, I'm I'm here here for it. Yeah, yeah. I'm so excited. From from, like having something that is strictly from Kate's point of view can really only go so far. Because I also see Kate pulling back a bit more. Like she is settling into a role as a teacher, a mentor. Uh, You know, she's create, you know, she's helping to mold the next generation of hunters. And I would really like to see the next generation start to take over. Yeah, I love the little bit of like Anna and Ren we got in mm-hmm. this. I can't wait to see more students mm-hmm. show up. I'm, I'm excited. I know, I am too. I, I, I can't wait to see where we're going to go with this. All right, that's <laughs> it for this week. Thank you all for listening. Make sure to join us next time when we take on season four, episode six, Wild at Heart. until then (laughs) check out our various social media channels all of which will be listed in the show notes and if you like the show and you want to let us know you can subscribe rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts or write to us directly at thewatchersdiaries at gmail.com bye bye